Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Clones, welcome to the Daily Jungle. I hope you denimed up and you backed it in and you went strong today because I know we did. Let me break down today's epic program. Three great guests. Tennessee basketball coach Rick Barnes. Saxonville Jaguars safety Tashawn Gibson, who was outstanding in his jungle debut. Raptors guard DeMar DeRozan coming off that absolute hospital job that Toronto put on the Cavs. You got my great takes and an appearance by EP Adam Hawk and Alvy's week that was. Alvy, light this candle. The Daily Jungle starts right now. Got the Eagles and the Falcons. Philadelphia, of course, is the top seed in the NFC, and they're a dog. That has never happened before. They're an underdog at home as the top seed. So, Eagle fans, let's get into it. Let me break it down for you. Now, I've got some good news, and I've got some bad news. The good news is you are hosting the NFC Divisional game tomorrow. The bad news is that's the end of the good news because just about everything else is not good news. You're the top seed in the NFC, and you're an underdog at home. That has not happened before. Also, you're not going to have Carson Wentz. You already knew that. And you're going to be facing Julio Jones. You already feared that. Remember, he had been out with that bad ankle. You knew that. But after being held out of practice on Tuesday and Wednesday, he did return to practice yesterday. And by all indications, he is going to play. And if he plays, there will not be any excuses from Julio. The thing thing is with being injured, um, it's it's really just blocking it out. You know, um, don't use it as an excuse. I mean, if if you say you're going to go, go. Like, don't bring it up in the middle of the game. Like, oh, this hurt. Like, we know that it hurts, you know? You know what I mean? Like, so don't let your mind be negative. Just, just stay positive. Like, if something's hurting or anything like that, I'd never, like, relate back to it. Like, ah, this, well, you know, you don't want to talk about it and bring that stuff up during the game. So, like, if I, if I suit up, I'm going. I'm not saying anything about it. It is what it is. All right, so if he's going, he's going, and he's not going to say anything about it. Quote, it is what it is. Yeah, and if this guy's going to play, great news for Atlanta, terrible news for Philadelphia. Remember, in last season's meeting, He had 10 receptions for 135 yards. Philadelphia still won that game, but I'm guessing they'd rather not see him get double-digit receptions and triple-digit yards tomorrow. Although they might have to settle for that if they can hold this guy without a touchdown. And then even knowing the past and what Jones can do, Philadelphia's corners are not backing down, which I respect. You can't enter that game with fear in your mind or in your heart. Ronald Darby, for instance, was not an eagle for last year's meeting, but he is for this year's, and he wants everybody to know he is not afraid. Darby says, quote, nothing scares me. Can't have no fear at all. Every receiver can do the same thing he can, catch the ball and score, end quote. Yet not exactly, Ron. Not exactly. Every receiver tries to do the same things that he can, catch the ball and score, But there aren't too many that actually do it as well as Julio Jones does. That's why he's Julio Jones and everybody else is not Julio Jones. He's 6'3", he's 220, he's got absurd feet and hands. But the Eagles still feel like they're confident and that they've learned from watching the film. Especially film of the Saints and Marshawn Lattimore. Darby continued, and I quote, You have to know how to play different receivers in different ways, but you can press. Go back and watch film. A lot of people press. Lattimore from the Saints did it. A lot of people get up in his face. You just have to know what comes with it. Bleep up, and it's going to be a big play, end quote. Yeah, one problem with that logic. Jones had 12 receptions for 247 yards against the Saints this year. So maybe Lattimore, as good as he is, hasn't exactly cracked the Julio code the way everybody wants to believe. Listen, about the only silver lining here is the fact that Julio is not 100%. But he hasn't been 100% all year, and he still had more than 1,400 receiving yards. What I'm saying, Eagle fans is that even a banged-up Julio Jones is still dangerous. Julio Jones. Give this guy the short stuff, that's fine. But whatever you do, you cannot let him run free in your secondary and kill you over the top. Because the last thing you want to do right now is get into a shootout 
when your gunslinger is Nick Foles. There is a reason why you're a dog at home, even though you're a one seed and the Falcons are a six. Just as there's a reason I said right when Wentz went down, if you're asking me, I'm taking Nick Foles or the field. If you're asking me which, I'm taking the field. Even though the field is the NFC and it's about as weak as it's ever been. I'm not coming off that point. I know it's in your nature to always fear and expect the worst, Philly fan. And you should, but never more so than you should right now. I mean, I would love to tell you everything is going to be just fine, but it won't. But you knew that already. And don't at me and don't be looking to kill the messenger. I'm not the one who put that shot on Carson Wentz. Mark Barron did. I think that's not going to go well, Philly fan. Deshaun Gibson joins us now. Deshaun, nice to have you on. How are you? I'm good. I appreciate you having me, Mr. Ron. Well, I appreciate you doing it, Sean. Thanks so much. Now, we're roughly two days away from the divisional round game against the Steelers. Last Sunday was the first playoff game of your career. You said you woke up early Tuesday of that week before, full of nervous energy and excitement, like a kid on Christmas. All right, so if that was the case then, how are you feeling 48 hours out from this one? Oh, man, this one right here is, I think the anticipation is even crazier for the simple fact that understanding what lies ahead is six years in this league, never being to a playoff, never coming close to, uh, you know, last week my first playoff experience, which was phenomenal, it was crazy, something I can never explain, man, it couldn't be duplicated, to now sitting here going against another opponent, fairly familiar opponent, playing them early in the year, to knowing what lies ahead, man, was the AFC Championship, and it's just a surreal moment, man, you just try to mask it in and, it, and just, um, you know, just kind of go with the flow, man, but we understand what lies ahead, we're excited about the challenge. To Sean Gibson joining us. All right, so you just said you came and explained what it was like last week. Let me get you to go right. back. Try and do that for a minute. I mean, there's so many guys who spend their entire careers in the NFL and they never get to the postseason. So mm-hmm. if you could explain it, what was it like to play in a playoff game? I mean, is it a different energy when you're on the field in the postseason or does it really feel like any other game once you get in and you get that first shot? Yeah, see, that's the thing. A lot of people who are familiar with the playoffs always want to say for the guys who've never been in the playoffs, it's a whole different atmosphere. And I've heard that in my career, you know, guys who came to the Browns from other winning teams. They made the playoff experience, man, it's just a it's just a whole different monster. But uh, you know, you just look at you try to post it and say, Hey man, it's just another game. And that's what we tried to tell ourselves. But we came out there during pregame and you know, this 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 stadium was practically rocking. And by the time we came out the tunnel, uh, for kickoff, when 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 we seen those white towels flagging and waving everywhere, I mean it was packed standing room only and you can feel it shake every time a big play would happen in the crowd would get uh, riled up, man. It was just a super crazy feeling that, you know, like I said, man, I don't think I've ever been a part of an uh, environment like that, and I've pretty much played at, um, you know, most uh, most of the states in the National Football League, aside, except for a few, and it's just something that I, I don't think could be duplicated in a regular season game. So, uh, you know, we're excited about this opportunity. We know that Pittsburgh is definitely going to be rocking for sure. Deshaun Gibson joining us. Now, Ben Roethlisberger said last week he wanted to face you guys again because that five-interception mm-hmm. game, quote, wasn't me. So what's your reaction when you hear that? And then how eager are you to get another shot at him? Oh, absolutely. I think that, you know, obviously you got to tip your heads off to the, uh, to, to uh, a guy like Ben Roethlisberger. Man, he's a, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback, in my opinion. Obviously, he would like that game back, and obviously we want to duplicate that game. But, you know, I said it and I stand by it. Um, if he want to come out and make it a run-and-shoot game, man, I feel like if he has to throw the ball 40, 50 times a game, I feel like we'll definitely get our hand on a rock again. And it's not to say, hey, we're going to come out and have five picks because, you know, obviously they're going to look at the tape, learn and correct, uh, make their mistakes. They actually went on a nice tear after after that game, um, you know, for, I think they went 10-1 after that. He played good football. But this secondary, I feel like, man, is the best secondary in the league. And if uh, he want to come out and prove that he didn't, that that game wasn't his and he wanted to make a, a matchup versus them versus us for in the passing game, we're very confident in what we can do in the passing game. So we're excited about that opportunity, and I'm happy he feel that way. So Sean Gibson joining us. All right, so as a secondary, you've got a real challenge in the sense that you're going up against Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster. What is the key to stopping those guys? You know what a, a guy like Antonio Brown, the, the thing about it is, uh, man, he's so unconventional, man. A lot of, uh, you know, I would say a quarter of his routes aren't, you know, just the routes that designed up. Him and uh, Ben, they play backyard football half the time, and we've seen it time and time again, and it's like he knows what 84 is going to do, and 84 finds a way to get open. So it's just hard to say, hey, man, we got to do this. The biggest thing is we can control, we can control. And the, the, the beautiful thing about it is I feel like we got one of the best cornerbacks, if not the best cornerback in the league, 
who he's going to see a lot of, and Jalen Ramsey. And then we got another cornerback who's one of the best corners in the league in A.J. Bouye. So, um, you know, on the outside, man, you, the, the way you stop guys like that is not worried about what they're going to do, but worried about what you can control and what you can focus on. And uh, that's the biggest thing with our guys on the outside this week. We understand that they know they got a big challenge. But, again, those guys are confident guys, man, and I think everybody know, um, you know, Jalen Ramsey mindset. So, you know, it's going to be a good matchup to see him on 84, man, and uh, we feel comfortable with the guys that we have on this side of the ball. Clones, give me a second so I can talk to you about Stamps.com. Now, here's a New Year's resolution that you can actually keep. Add Stamps.com to your business and save a ton of time and money this year. Now, I'm going to be very honest with you. I don't need that resolution this year because I've already done it, and I wish I had done it sooner. Stamps.com has saved me so much time and so much money. You see, Stamps.com brings all the amazing services of the U.S. Postal Service right to your computer. Stamps.com is the better way to get postage. You simply use your computer to print U.S. postage for any letter or package, any class of mail, and you let the mailman pick it up. You don't leave your office. There's no more lugging mail to the post office. There is no more hassle. So Stamps.com saves you time and money. Almost everything you can do at the post office, you can do right from your desk. Stamps.com. Convenient, easy, reliable, efficient. And those are all the reasons why I use Stamps.com. And right now, you too can enjoy the Stamps.com service with a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus postage and a digital scale. Are you ready for a happier new year? Then go to Stamps.com. Hit the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Jungle. That's Stamps.com. Enter Jungle. Once again, to take advantage of this great offer. Stamps.com. Enter Jungle. That's Stamps.com. Now it's back to our daily jungle. That's an amazing matchup. And and the guys that you have in your secondary are guys who make plays. I thought also, Tashawn, your take on uh, Juju was really interesting. You said, quote, the thing about it is he's not fast. He's not strong. He does nothing that jumps out at you. He's just a guy that's a good football player. Lay mm-hmm. it out for me. What do you mean by that? And what is it that makes him a good football player? Oh, so it, you, there's guys, you know, in this league that, you know, you got the Julio Jones, there's Josh Gordon, who he's big, fast, tall, you know, just gifted athletes. And, you know, not to say anything, uh, you know, not to discredit anything that he's done. He's a good football player, but there's nothing that's jumping out at you. He's not, he don't make the wild plays like Antonio Brown. He's not, like, overly fast. He's not a huge guy. Uh, but when you turn on the tape, man, he does everything good. And, you know, he runs good routes. He catches the, catch the, the football really well. And the thing that he don't get enough credit for, man, I think he's one of the best blocking wide receivers in the National Football League. I've seen him come in and crack back linebackers, safeties. And I'm not talking about just put a body on him. I'm talking about running through him. And, you know, you have to respect the guys like that game. Man. And for him to come in this game being young and uh, with that mindset, I mean, you, you, you have to respect a guy like that, man. And that's why his opportunity's been growing. Uh, he's playing with a little more confidence. And that's the thing. Confidence is key in this game, man. And I think that he's starting to play with that confidence. Feeling starting to feel like he belongs in that offense. And uh, you can tell they're getting him the touches. And he just he just makes things happen when he, get the, when he get opportunities. Obviously, they got a lot of guys on offense that got to get the ball 26, 10, 84. Um, but when he finds his plays and his opportunities, he make the plays, man. And that's one thing that you have to respect about his game. So when you turn on the tape, 19 make plays, man. He's a good football player. Yeah, I was going to say, and you brought this up, but he's not that big. He's not that strong. But we saw what he did to Vontez Perfect. I mean, is that just a matter of leverage? How does a guy like that do something like that to that guy? Yeah, you know, honestly, that's a tough one. Um, You know, I haven't – not many receivers that you see going to be able to come in and do that. You know, like I said, it's not a safety. It's not a 205-pound safety. This is a 250-, 60-pound linebacker. Right. I mean, he just straight level. So, um, you know – Certain guys, man, you've been around, man. I, I caught the tail end of a guy like Hans War career, but he made those type of hits routinely, man. And that's who he kind of put me in a mindset of when it comes to, you know, just his physical play. Um, you know, even when he catched the ball, he, he he got the mentality of a running back in a sense. So, um, you know, how he did it, I don't know, man. He takes pride in blocking, I can tell you that. So we have our head on the swivel, man. You just got to get him before he gets you. Deshaun Gibson, my guest. Now, as much respect as your defense is getting, your quarterback's not getting a whole lot of love. And when Blake right. Bortles was asked about that, he said, quote, it'll never stop. There are probably people who think that LeBron James sucks. So if that happens, I'm sure a lot of people think that I suck. What's your reaction when you hear that people say that Blake Bortles sucks? You know, honestly, it's been a, it's been a reoccurring thing. Um, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, you Blake Bortles came out and shredded the Seattle Seahawks. Um, their players came out and said, hey, he sucks. Um, Blake Borders came back the following week and shredded Houston Texans. Their players came back and said, hey, man, he's trash. And, you know, honestly, 
the, the LeBron James comparison, okay, he could have went a little too far with that. But honestly, it's just no matter what he's done, I think that people just have a fixed opinion about him, man. It doesn't matter what he's done or what he will do. That's just, uh, that's just the opinion of, you know, consensusly a lot of people who play him. And for whatever reason, I don't know, because, man, the guy shows he's capable of making plays. And, you know, he's played some good football uh, for us this season, which is why we're sitting at 10-6. and six. And, uh, you know, obviously – He's had bad games, but you know that's that, that that's just the way of where it is. You know, Ben Roethlisberger threw five picks against us. I guess that don't define him, but you know, for him, I think he got thick skin. And the beautiful thing about it is, he doesn't seem from his aura, from seeing him, being around him every day, he don't seem to let it bother him. Maybe he's used to it because you know, since he's been here, you know, even when I first got here, it was a lot of chatter about him. So um, maybe he's used to it, man. He just trying to block it out. But I just hope he continues to block out the negativity and just do what he got to do for this football team, man. Give him his best chance to win. Tashawn, I'm going to ask you straight up. Is this playoff, Tashawn, or are you always like this? My man, you are a revelation. How is it that I've never had you on this show before? You know, I, I don't know, man. I've been watching, I remember your show, man, when I was a kid. I, I, I don't know, man. Maybe we got to connect a little more, man. It, well, there's no maybe about it. There's no maybe about it, my man. We definitely have to connect a little bit more. There's no maybe about that. I don't care what happens this week. We have to connect a little bit more. I appreciate that. That truly means a lot. I definitely appreciate that. This next take is extremely graphic in nature. I want to be very clear about that. This next take is extremely graphic in nature. This is not a show for kids anyway. Already. When my kids were a certain age, I didn't want them hearing it. There's certain days where I still don't want my kids hearing this show. This take, can I be very clear? This take is extremely graphic in nature. Not suitable for everybody. Keep that in mind. Do what you have to do for the next few minutes if you have young listeners, or maybe even if you don't. All right? It is graphic in nature. I think I've made that pretty clear. It is officially football Christmas Eve. Absolutely the best weekend of the year is waiting on just the other side of your Friday night bender, whatever that bender might be. Two days of pure NFL euphoria. And for the eight teams that are left on that card, it's a chance to rip a spot in a conference championship game, the Final Four. For the other 24 teams watching at home, the offseason has already started, which means figuring out how to be on TV instead of on the couch this time next year. No doubt, one of the more intriguing teams in that regard is the San Francisco 49ers. Got a brand new GM, brand new head coach, and a brand new quarterback who has not lost a game since taking over in week 13. Now, while that doesn't mean anything right now, the Niners did wrap up the season on a league-high five-game heater. And you best believe that win streak will mean something when the Niner brass sits down with Jimmy Garoppolo, who becomes a free agent in March. The question now is, how much? How much is it going to mean? How much will it mean in dollars? That's the question. Because it's not just the lava hot finish and the undefeated record as a starter, or even as well as he played New England before San Francisco stole him from the hood. It's the fact that the Niners passed in last year's draft on a quarterback and they ended up making that trade midseason. And it's a guy that John Lynch has already called a franchise player. I mean, all the cards are on the table. We know what this guy's about. We know how much leverage he has. We know how much leverage Jimmy G has. Well, then again, maybe we don't. Maybe we're not exactly sure how much leverage he has. You want to know how much leverage a guy like that has? You go to somebody who has been on the other side of the table. Not only on the other side of the table, but the other side of the table for that franchise. Former Niners CEO, Carmen Policy. That's a shrewd businessman. That's an NFL man that everybody knows and respects. Carmen Policy is no stranger to these types of meetings. He was there for the Montana and Young years. Yesterday, he was a guest on 95.7, the game's morning show with Joe, Lowe, and Dibs. And when asked about the bargaining leverage that Jimmy G has, Carmen dropped an all-time analogy and how he would handle that situation if he was still working for the team. If I were representing the team, I think what I would do is enter the room and I would bring a large jar of Vaseline and I would say 
to the agent on the other side, I'm a nice guy. I really want to do the right thing. Please be gentle with me. <laughs> Let's see. How would I react to that? Uh-oh! No, he didn't. My man Carmen Policy did not say he would sit at the negotiating table with a jar of Vaseline and say, please be gentle with me. No, he did not say that. Yes, he did. If I were representing the team, I think what I would do is enter the room and I would bring a large jar of Vaseline. And I would say to the agent on the other side, I'm a nice guy. I really want to do the right thing. Please be gentle with me. <laughs> Carmen, you are a nice guy. You're a really good dude. I fondly remember all the conversations you and I had back in the day. I loved having you on this show. You are a good guy. You did not just say that. There's no way you went on a radio show and you said that. You did not just say that, Carmen. I mean, I can't say that I needed to hear that. I can't say that any of us needed to hear that. I mean, again, you need to understand who this guy is. Literally one of the most respected guys of his generation. And I did love having him on back in the day. But what was he thinking? How could a dude that smooth... That smart. Hell, that old. (laughs) Go all Kellen Winslow Jr. with it. On the radio? I mean, I've heard a lot of whack things on the radio in my time. And I know that folks like to use analogies to make their points. I've never heard anything like that. And he just let it rip. I mean, I'm pretty sure that John Lynch and Jed York are just going to bring a checkbook and leave that jar of Vaseline at home. Vaseline. Now, it is worth noting, I think Carmen realized pretty quickly that that was not something he should have said, and he was embarrassed, and he quickly doubled back, telling Pro Football Talk, quote, at my age, any references would be related to male medical exams and would have no sexual connotation. End quote. It... It's actually a near-perfect response to a perfectly imperfect comment the first time around. I mean, he may have even been telling the truth. That may, in fact, have been what he meant. Like, I still want to give him the benefit of the doubt, so maybe that's what he meant. Really, extremely poor choice. Extremely poor choice. He simply can't do it. I can't believe he did it. But maybe that's what he meant. However, that's not how you clones are taking it. No, you clones, to you, it's a very literal textbook on the nose. And Alvin, do not do it. Do not do it. Do not do it. Don't take a bad situation, because that's what this is, a bad situation, and make it entirely worse. What he offered up as an explanation may, in fact, be what really happened, but not to you clones. To you clones, it's a very literal textbook on the nose Bohica blast come to life. Don't do it, Alvin. A Bohica blast come to life. And the first time ever that you clones had nothing to do with it. So I mention this only because, you one, you won't stop mentioning it. Two, I can't believe it happened. I would tell you all to move on, but I know it's impossible when a well-respected NFL lifer Drops a Vaseline blast on a topical issue. Jar of Vaseline. Uh, I'm in shock. Rick Barnes, let me ask you about that game on Tuesday night where you beat Vanderbilt. I'll start right there, Rick. 92-84, it's a game where you came back. You were down 10 in the second half. You win by 8. So what did you make of the way your team turned things around in the second half and finished? Well, you know, First of all, Vandy's a good basketball team. They can really shoot the ball, and they made eight threes in the first half. And the second half, we did, I feel like, play with a little bit more intensity on the defensive end. And and, uh, offensively, we were pretty good throughout. But I think we we scored, uh, what, 50 points or so in the second half. uh, But we 
really went inside. Grant Williams had a big game, and Admiral Schofield, those two guys have been playing really well. Jordan Bowden came back to life for us there at the start of the second half. He was straight zeros across the board on the stat sheet in the first half. But, uh, Jim, for us to get where we want to go, we still got four or five guys on our team that's got to get better. And uh, if we don't do that, we'll level out. So we've been talking hard and working hard with those guys because we need those guys to – level. Tennessee head coach Rick Barnes joining us. And Rick, I'll ask you about those four guys in a minute, but you mentioned Grant Williams. He had a monster game. He had a career-high 37. You knew he was going to get a lot of attention and double teams, but when he works quickly, how tough is he to stop? Well, you're right. That's the key. When he when he works quickly, he, he, he really is tough because He's, he's got a six eleven wingspan, and, and uh, you know he and he's also he gets off the floor. He's more athletic than people think. And, and what we going back to those other guys, we need them to do the job so he can get some more rest. When he gets tired, he starts settling settling a little bit on the perimeter. But uh, the other night, I thought he worked hard for deep post up and getting the ball where he needed to be able to go to work quickly. So, Rick, in terms of some of the other guys and the things you're talking about, for instance, what are some things that you're not seeing that you'd like to see? Well, take, for instance, Kyle Alexander, who is a guy that we consider a veteran. Now He's been here all three years with us. and When he plays his best basketball, there's no doubt that's when we're at our very best. And, and he's a junior now. We told him yesterday, we tell him a lot, that we need him to be that guy we can count on every single night. Whether it's And, and what we need from him is to really anchor our defense. We need him to be great ball screen defender. Uh, where, and he's shown where he can be really good at it. And other times it's just inconsistency and we need him, John Fulkerson, really, in that same role. We need that. We need Derek Walker in that same role because those are the guys that can go in and give Grant Williams a break. And uh, But when they go in the game, they've got to give us something positive. And so what we want, uh, and when we were playing really well early in the year, our bench was really, really good. And we felt like we had 10 starters, basically. And when your second group is going in playing like starters, that's when you can become the team that you really want to be. Tennessee head coach Rick Barnes joining us. Now, Rick, that win over Vanderbilt was your 999th career game as a head coach. It's a huge, huge number. What's that number mean to you, and then what will 1,000 mean to you tomorrow night? Well, Jim, to be honest with you, I didn't even know that until yesterday. and uh, I was being interviewed, and someone asked me that. It, uh, what it means to me is that uh, God's blessed me with uh, a great uh, career being able to do this for, for such a long time. I've had some tremendous teams and players that have made it possible. But uh, assistant coaches, it, 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 it all goes together because no coach does this by themselves. And I have been truly blessed with some just great assistant coaches that have been able to get us the kind of players that play the way we want to play. And uh, and I've been at some great universities. When you go back and look at my career, starting at George Mason, then Providence, then Clemson, then Texas, and now here, I've just had some wonderful opportunities that uh, I've been blessed with. You know, of course, when you talk about some of the great players, Kevin Durant comes to mind immediately. You know, I'm curious, Rick, when you look at him and the career he's having, he became just the second player in NBA history to reach 20,000 points earlier this week, the second youngest guy to do it. As you look at the career he's having, what are the types of thoughts you think? Well, you know what, I'll go back to when he was coming out after one year. and People made fun of the fact that at the combine he couldn't bench press 185 pounds. And I told everyone that I talked to, I said, well, I know one thing, he's strong enough to put a, a world championship trophy over his head, he's, and he's uh, good enough to put an MVP trophy. And I said then he will go down as one of the great players to play this game. And, and I said that, Jim, we all know that he can run and he can jump, and he's got that great God-given body where he's got the length and the touch and all that. But it's his work ethic. It's his passion for the game that makes him want to get better and better every year. And, and I think the reason he got hurt, uh, was it two years ago, I think with his foot injury, he never took any time off. You think from, from the time he left college, preparing for the Olympics, the NBA, playing a lot of minutes. But uh, he wouldn't have it any other way because he just loves the game. He, I mean, he truly has a great passion for it. And uh, so that's what I saw in him. And uh, so what he's doing, nothing he does surprises me at all. Tennessee coach Rick Barnes joining us. You know, Rick, back in May also, I had T.J. Ford on the show, and we talked about his journey as a player and as a person and the fact that he graduated on May 19th. You made sure that you were there for that graduation. The two of you had a really special moment. What did that moment mean to you, and then why was it so important for you to be there that day? Well, I, I think, one, uh, again, when you, when you talk about 
coaching a thousand games or whatever, you know, and again, you want to win. We want to win. We know what it's about, but those are the moments you live for because, uh, you know, TJ is, uh, really, he's like a son to me. Uh, he and I, I mean, he taught me a lot as a player. I'll tell you, he's the one guy that made me understand what a true coach player relationship is about. I mean, he would come up to my room at 1130 at night when we were on the road. We'd stay up. It seemed like all night long, just wanting to know about this, that, or whatever. But what makes me so proud about that is the fact that he didn't have to do that. I mean, he's been very frugal with his money. He's he's really taken care of it. and uh, But he wanted to do it because he wanted to let his kids know that an education was important. And, uh, and he always told me from the beginning, he said, I'm going to get this degree one day. And the fact that he did it 15 years later, I think, speaks volumes about his character and his discipline. He's a man of his word. One last thought. You know, last season, Rick, your team played every team that reached the Final Four. You lost all four of those games, but it was by an average of less than seven points per game. So I'm curious, what did you and your team take away from last season that maybe you can apply to this season? Well, I think a year ago, when you know, we were really young. I think we were not one or two youngest teams in the country. We're still one of them. But, you know, these guys understand and can are we good enough? And in those games early in the, in, in the year, we we, uh, we we figured that out, that they saw that if they did do what they needed to do. But, Jim, what we hadn't figured out, and we're still figuring it out right now, is what it takes day in and day out to be what you need to be. We always talk about our culture here, but in that culture, you've got to build an identity in the way your team's going to play, and we haven't always been as consistent as we should be there. I think we're getting there. But it's taken us a really a, a year and a half. But that those games in particular proved to these guys when they were real young freshmen that they had the ability to compete at this level if they're willing to do the kind of work that goes into doing it. All right, so Adam, Adam Hawk, EP, we had something really funny happen on the program yesterday. Somebody called the listen line and said to you that he wanted to get Jungle Inc. Naturally, it kind of dinged your radar. Your antenna went up. You were skeptical. And you had a long conversation with John Segman, who is John Segman, and for those who missed it, exactly what did he tell you? So when he called in, longtime clone based out of San Diego, and he wanted to get some Jungle Ink, he just didn't know what he wanted to get. But he wanted to go on and talk to you about it so he could use the platform to ask clones what to get. And ever since he was on the show yesterday, he's been getting suggestions tweeted to him all afternoon Dude, yesterday. I don't like all to night. interrupt you because you get fl- flustered and you're doing great. But now that you're on TV, damn, that shirt's ugly, bro. You don't like the Paisley? Not, not even a little. It's Casual Friday. That does not, yeah, but it's not ugly ass shirt Friday. That, that, <laughs> dude, that does not read well. TV term. That does not read well on TV. Gotcha. Okay. Wait, what do you think? Hey, yo, man, it's a gun show. I think I'll put on my ugly Paisley shirt. My ugly Paisley short sleeve shirt. Uh, why are you, why are you looking at Austin or well, James? Because they went no sleeves as well. Yeah, but they're not on camera, bro. True. Okay. So okay. Uh, anyway. I got nothing. Anyway, so, what's popping? <laughs> what's popping, Twitter? So, go ahead. So, I connected with John after the show because it was totally legit on the air, but how legit was it off the air? Because I wanted to go meet him and film. And so I talked to John, and he's all about it. He showed me where the tattoo shop is. I yelped it. I followed the guy's Instagram, the tattoo artist, because I want to know if the tattoo artist is legit. He is. Then I called up the tattoo artist. He's all about it. He knows what we're doing. He says it's cool if I film. So it's all going down tomorrow, Saturday. All right, so you're being totally thorough. Now, what about John? John did try to solicit some information from the clones or suggestions. Has he settled on a tat yet? He has not settled on a tat yet. And most of the suggestions he got since he was pulling the clones were like Bohica, Bis, Sarah Jessica Parker, all the stuff that he probably shouldn't get tatted onto him. But hopefully he gets a good one that he settles on soon. All right, so does he have a budget? $300 $300 is the budget, and that should get him a pretty good size piece. He said he's going to put it on his back somewhere, so like that'll work on the shoulder, 300 bucks. Okay, he also said, if I'm not mistaken, his dad who turned him on to the program was not down. His mom hadn't really found out yet, but his wife, Elizabeth, who's a lady clone, was all in. She's all about it. Like uh, we mentioned a bunch of times, she announced the pregnancy of their kid, with a bunch of jungle lexicon and three balloons. It was pretty awesome. So she's into it. She's down. And it's going to be on his back, so if she doesn't like it, he can just wear a shirt. 
All right, so this is why I tolerate your ridiculous mustache and your even worse clothing. Like, dude, you're good at this stuff. Like, you're totally thorough. You've done your legwork. You know everything there is to know about this. You're committing some time of your own on Saturday so you can document this, and you're doing it for the TV show. Well done, Hawk. Extremely well done. Is there anything that I left out? Is there anything else I need to know? There is one more thing. Uh, There always is, Hawk. Yeah. What do you got? I'm going to take advantage of this opportunity with John in the tattoo shop, and I'm going to get some ink of my own. And, okay, wait. Uh, <laughs> oh, dude. All right, how many tats do you have already? I have five. And they're of what? I have the Mariners logo, an old-school microphone. My best friend's name is tattooed on my collarbone, and then I've got uh, two other tattoos as well. Dude, you, you are some kind of moronic. Mariners? A microphone? My best you, friend's name. Your best friend's name. And he's still alive, so you don't need say, to worry. Dude, is he yeah. deceased? Nope, he's alive. And what else? Uh, a couple other spiritual-related tattoos, yeah. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I'll, I'll grant you that. How many of these things were inked while you were sober? That's the funny thing about tattoos, Jim, is they don't allow you to get them when you're under the influence for the regret factor. They don't want to get sued the next day. And then also— Seriously, is that true? Yeah, if you're drunk, your blood— Do you thin- have to blow a, a breathalyzer? Well, if you come in all belligerent, they're not going to do it because your, your blood's all thin, and when they hit you with that needle, it could uh, really mess you up. So sure. they, don't, they don't tattoo drunk people. At least the good shops don't. All right, so the spirituality aside, which I respect, but, I mean, the Mariners, yep. your best friend who's still alive, uh-huh. and what's the third one? The third one is a microphone. A uh, microphone. Yeah. All right, so you're kind of a radio dork. Maybe I'll let that slide. In other words, you have this proclivity for putting really stupid things on your body in ink. Yes. Dude, I, you're older now, right? You've got a family. 30 years old, married, kid, all what? of it. Yeah. Your wife's name is? Uh, her name is Hasmeen. She goes by Mina for short. Mina? Yep, your Mina. son? Uh, daughter named Penelope. Sorry, my bad. Daughter. No problem. Penelope? Yep. Mina? All right, dude, you got a lot at stake. You got a great job. You represent a great brand. You're going back out in the world to get ink. The $64 million question, you've already got your best old names friend inked on you. He's alive. Mariners and a microphone. Dude, what on God's green earth are you getting inked tomorrow? Uh, I'm going to get a picture of my cat's face tattooed onto me tomorrow. And I'm not kidding. Big freaking troll. Hawk, did you just say you're going to get your cat's face inked on you? Gonna your get, cat. Going to get my your cat's, cat. Yep, my cat's face inked on me. Uh, the only question left right now is placement. The leader in the clubhouse is top of the left forearm. No, Hawk, the only question left is where you're going to work next because you're going to be looking on Monday. Bro, if I've made it so clear, hey, what you do in your personal time and your personal life is none of my business, but if I've already made clear how much I look down upon you tweeting about your cat, tweeting pictures about your cat, how do you think I'm going to feel about you getting ink of your cat? You mean like a headshot of your cat, your cat's face is going on your body? That is correct. It's a photo I took myself, and if you're watching on CBS Sports Network, they've been kind enough to put that photo up. It's a beautiful photo of a beautiful cat, and I'm very excited to uh, have it on my body for the rest of my life. What the heck? Dude, what is it with you and this cat? <laughs> uh, the, the cat's cool. The cat's chill, and uh, it's a good-looking cat, and it should be a pretty fun tattoo. Maybe all true except for that part about it being a fun tattoo. Listen, I, we have cats. I love our cats. Mm-hmm. I don't tweet about the cats. I don't put pictures of the cats online. Dude, you're getting a tat of your cat. Maybe the stupidest idea I've ever heard in my life. Dude, you will never live that down. Yeah, I know. I realize that, and I'm okay with it. Um, Why are you okay with that? Well, we dress— Dude, it's the worst idea ever, right? right? How about that? It's the worst idea ever. It is, but we uh, we dress with long sleeves Monday through Thursday, so for four days a week, it should be okay. Hawk, we're going to know it's there. And can I tell you, the Internet's not in sleeves. The Internet is sleeveless. They'll see it on the internet. And even even if one day you come to and you sandblast that thing off your back or wherever you get it, it will always be on the internet. You cannot sandblast it off the internet. There is no internet removal ink. Yeah, no, Are I'm you I, sure. Yes. Are I'm, you sure? I'm very Are you sure. sure. Yes. It's it's gonna take, God forbid, uh, you know, a car accident or a family emergency to keep me from doing this. Not Mina. No, uh, not she, Penelope. They're coming. 
They're uh, they're going to the tattoo shop. May as well. They're going to see it for the rest of their lives. Right, yeah. Dude, you're not getting ink of your wife or your daughter, but rather your cat. Yeah, because, you know, I could do that, but that just wouldn't be that much fun. You know, we're going with the listener. We're doing something fun, and I got to do the cat. I have to. I got no choice. You see, you're doing this for you're doing this for the show. A lot of it has to do with the show, and a lot of it has to do with an homage to the cat whose name is Griffey, huh, by the uh, way. <laughs> and I'm, I am going to put the name of the cat you on the tattoo. Name that cat Griffey. Yes. <laughs> Jay Buner didn't want any of that. No, Jay and Edgar, maybe maybe the next couple cats. How about but... this? You know, Griffey never did the show. Granted, I, I asked once, and then never wanted him to do the show. But he likes to say, "Oh yeah, I never did that show. I never did that show." Yeah, you know that. That's like a flashpoint for him, I think. Yes, and I, I've also heard that he's not the most agreeable person to the media. These are stories that I like to tune out because to me he's a hero and he's the namesake of Great the cat. Great fanboy. Great fanboy. Yeah. You're 30. You're 30. Yeah. You name your cat Griffey. Listen, man. I'm a, okay, quote. I'm doing it for the show, in large part for the show. Dude, I'm the host of the show. I think this is really bad for the show. Don't do it for the show. I'm doing it for the show. And I'm I doing it for you, Jim. I, I, definitely don't do it for me. Hawk, I, I can almost guarantee like, you've grown in this role. You're getting better at this job. I really am proud of you. I can't promise you'll be here next year. Don't do it for me or the show. I cannot promise that you'll still be working here next year. Do not do it for me or the show. If you want to do something for me or the show or the business, you know what you should do? You know that whole Mount Rushmore thing that I will never, ever do? Why don't you get ink of every host you've ever worked for? Then you can get like JT the Brick. Fred Rogan, me, who else have you worked for? Uh, Rodney Harrison. Rodney Harrison. We could do that. We could do some Marcus Johnson. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I could do that. I Donovan. Do- Donovan McNabb, did yeah. you not? Did you not work with Donovan McNabb? I did, yeah. McNasty, yeah. All right, listen, if, if it's a, an issue of money and you can only afford a cat, I'll pay for the Rushmore of all the people you work for. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Do it. Oh, no, no. I'm, I'm, they're all saying do it in here. So can we just back burner that for a second? The only reason being is tattoo artists need time to come up with tattoos. So the guy has been working on this one since last night. Can we back burner that? We can. Okay, great. We can. Do great. whatever you want. Let's see. In the, in the meantime, the responses are predictable. Dude, you definitely back burner this. Think, think about this. Sleep on this. Back burn this. Just don't back tat this. Well... I meant we're going to back burner the Mount Rushmore radio tattoo. I'm definitely doing the cat thing on Saturday. (laughs) Definitely. I was going to say, are you you trying to be polite to your boss and just not say it for the record? You've already decided you're all in on that cat. All in. Got to do it. I'm doing it. You're getting ink of Griffey the cat. Yes. Dude, I cannot stress this enough. It it really is. I'm not even doing this for effect. It's it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I know. Literally. I know. Not one of literally. You're you're a 30-year-old dude getting ink of a cat. Yes. Dude, I, like, I like cats. We have two cats. I'm not here to hate on animals. Dude, we own horses, man. I love animals. That's a terrible idea, huh? Thank you. All right. You have, you have yourself an amazing weekend, Thank and you. you start looking for a new job. Adam Hawk, I mean, re- reaction. Well, there are some. Let's see what we have here. At Denver Dance, the first one in. Can you smacky helicopter an employee? Oh, I can. I can. And I might. God, the thing about this, the problem with Hawk is he really is good at his job. He's really good at his job. Now, when I hired him, he was pretty good at his job. But now he's very good at his job. And I've invested time and money. And he's getting better and better. This is somebody who might last through the end of this year. Might. But that was before I heard about this. I'm looking for your thoughts and your reaction. The guy literally wants to get ink of his cat. Not only wants to, is going to. He's going to. Well, let me ask you this. Hawk, if you were the one who is going to chronicle John in San Diego getting ink, who is going to chronicle you getting ink? Because that also will be on the TV show. I think it's a uh, wives and girlfriends event. So I think John's wife is coming and my wife will be there as well. So uh... Mina really is okay with this. I don't know if she's okay with it. She just kind of tolerates this stuff. So, yeah, I mean, maybe. She's going she's gonna to hold the cell phone. I, I, I've never met Mina, but she's like a strong will and a strong personality. She's not okay with that. There's no way that any wife's okay with that. Yeah, I probably not, but she hasn't told me yet. <laughs> but then again, she lets you leave the house every single day with that mustache. So And the shirt. And the shirt. All right, then. Yeah, but she is the same one. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did she not meet you at the door with a pair of kicks 
every day after you put on a few LBs while she was pregnant. Yeah, last year. She's, She's like, here's the running shoes. Hit She's the pavement, tough. fatty. She's tough. I like it. Uh, <laughs> All right. This email is not an email. It's just a subject. And the subject is, and I quote, I just yelled, what the F? Ben in Tallahassee. Dear Rome, another emailer. Dear Rome, interviewer. Sir, I see you have executive producer of the Jim Rome show on your resume. Why did you leave? Hawk. I was involuntarily terminated. Interviewer, what for? Hawk, I got a tattoo of my cat on my body. Interviewer, okay, thanks for your time, but we are going to go with someone else. Tony from Iowa City wore the Iowa Hawkeyes. Hey, look, people love their cats. People love their cats. Does anybody love their cat enough to do that? Remember that one... Crazy cat lady that cloned her cat, like back in the day when you could finally do that. She stroked a check for like 50 gur. I'm going to be really transparent. We've got two cats. I love my cats. I think cats are cool. I like cats. I don't even mind going on record with that. I would never go on record with getting ink of one of them, but I'll go on record with that. I like cats. I love animals. I like dogs. I like cats. I like horses. Would never ink any of them. All right, so where do you come out on Hawk? Do you respect it? Does the guy have stones? Or is it maybe the dumbest thing you've ever heard? And is this guy going to go through with this? Does Hawk have the courage to do that? Hawk won't have a cocktail with me on the road in Craig Kitchen, but he will get ink of a cat. DeMar DeRozan is my guest. DeMar, it's great to have you back. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good, good. Great to have you on. Thanks so much. You beat Cleveland last night by 34, and although maybe it wasn't easy, DeMar, you guys made it look really, really easy it's not as easy as you made it look, but when you're going up against an opponent like that, somebody you've met in the postseason the last two years, how satisfying is it to have a whole team perform like the one you had last night? Uh, it was great. It was definitely a big uh, team effort. Everybody stepped up big, especially our bench. Um, and it was fun to be able to do that on the home court. DeMar, what's to say about the team, though, that you beat the Cavs by 34 in a game where Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka didn't even play? says a lot about our team, uh, how resilient we are, how, um, you know, our young guys want to step up in big moments and, and execute the way they did last night. So it says a lot about, says a lot about our team. Tomorrow DeRozan, my guest. Now, you just blew out the Eastern Conference champs last night. I mentioned you've got Golden State coming in tomorrow night. Are you approaching this stretch as a chance to make a statement about where the Raptors are as a team? For sure. You know, every night we step out on that court, it's, it's, it's an opportunity for us to just leave a statement, you know, uh, for everybody, you know, that we that we going out there competing against no matter who we play against. You know, take me back to New Year's Day. You dropped a franchise record 52 on the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, a 50-point game is such an iconic moment. What was it like when you're in the middle of that performance, and then when you look back on it, what do you think you'll remember most about that game? Um, in, in the moment, you don't – you don't think about you coming across 50, 50 points. You know, I was just trying to do whatever I could to win the game. Um, and some I'll probably take away from it. I'll probably look back at it in the summertime or something and realize, like, how did I do it? You know, uh, try to remember the feeling, try to remember the moment. You know, uh, uh, but I know my teammate, Cal, he definitely knew every single point I had, and he was going to make sure I had 50 somehow that night. That's great. I mean, do you ever enter any game? I mean, when you're warming up, obviously, some nights maybe you don't feel great. Maybe some nights you do feel great. But do you ever go into any game thinking, I'm going to go off for 50 tonight? Um, no, because it'd be a lot of times when I score my po- most points, it'd be the nights where I feel the most tired, fatigue, or beat up. So it always, it always works the opposite way for me. Yeah, what is that? Is that a matter of you know you're not quite right that night, so you focus more intensely? Or is it something else? Yeah, I think that's what it is. It's more so try to dig deep down inside, try to find out how you want to pull, pull off whatever you need to pull off that night. DeMar DeRozan, my guest, you know, it's kind of hard to believe, but you're already in your ninth NBA season. And the reason I bring that up is one of the things that you've added to your game this year is you're shooting more threes. What brought about that change in your game? Just me doing it. You know, just staying with the conscious, conscious effort of me 
continue to do it. You know, um, I always felt like I was dominating a lot of other things, so I felt like I never needed to use it, you know. So this time around, you know, it's just a matter of me just consistently doing it. You know, when you talk about it, it's just me doing it, just me doing it, there's this great story that Masai Jerry told Woj that in your entire career, more than eight years in the NBA, you have never once been late for a game or a practice or a meeting or even a bus. I mean, it's pretty much unheard of. Why is it so important to you to set a tone like that? Um, I, That's just the type of person I am. You know, I try to lead by example. You know, I don't say much. I never talk too much. You know, I let my actions speak for itself, you know, and, you know, something like that you can never take away from me and understand that, you know, you can count on me being on time, whatever, whatever it's for. All right, so, I mean, have you always been like that? Or where did that work ethic and that attitude come from? And then how do you go about passing that on and being a role model for your teammates to make sure they do it the same way? I think you just want to be a great player. You know, um, you got to do things like that. You got to be willing to be the first one at the gym. You got to be the... The last one to leave, you got to be able to go back in the gym late night. You know, it's just that discipline that I always instilled in myself wanting to be not just a good player, but always continue to get better and work work to being a great player. DeMar DeRozan, my guest, I mentioned Woj. You were on his podcast recently. You mentioned that when you were a kid, your father would record every single All-Star weekend. So what do you remember about watching those weekends? And then what's it like now that you're a part of them year in and year out? I mean, I remember watching them. All-Star Weekend was everything for me as a kid growing up because all I used to do was wish to be, like, one of the NBA players, you know. So for, for me to be in a position to be uh, part of All-Star Weekend, man, it's, 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 a, it's a blessing. It's an honor every time I get the chance to do it. This year's All-Star Game tomorrow, of course, is in Los Angeles. Listen, I don't want to make something out of nothing or make something into something that's not really anything – but, you know, I say I like to laugh that I'm 818 for life. I'm no longer in the 818, but I grew up in the 818. But I'm always really, really happy to see athletes do well from Southern California. You went to Compton High School. The game is in Los Angeles. What would it mean to you to play in an all-star game in your hometown? Man, it'd be – I can't even put in words, you know, because, you know, that's something you dream about when you was a kid. I remember watching the 03 – uh, all-star game in LA and remember how cool it was that it was just in a city that I grew up in and now you know to possibly have an opportunity to, to play in it you know it's, it's you know I, I still can't believe it. Tomorrow, what's it like when you come back you know there's this thing about how if you grow up and it's tough and it's challenging what you want to do is you want to get out but at the same time do you fully? You want to make sure that you don't forget where you're from. You want to make sure that you give back. So what's it like when you do go back to where you grew up? It's everything when I come back. You know, you, you, you try to give that same energy off to somebody else who's trying to make it out, you know, and give them hope and, and, and help them believe even more that they can make it out because I made it out from the same, you know, city, same place that they grew up in. And, you know, the more I come around and the more I'm, I'm seeing, you know, people get that sense of believing in more. And as long as I can do anything like that, you know, it makes me always feel good to go back home. Of course, because they see possibilities. They see you. And, right. you know, maybe maybe I can't be him. Maybe I can't do what he does. Or, or maybe I can. He did it. Maybe I can. They see possibilities. Now, Dwayne Casey is one of my favorite interviews in the league. It would seem like the two of you have this great, great relationship. He's talked about how proud he is of how you've continued to grow as a player. So how would you describe the relationship that the two of you have and the trust that he puts in you? Man, Case, since day one, Case, Casey gave me uh, – gave me full freedom of me just being me out there on the court and everything. And he trusted me. Um, I think I was 22 years old when, when Case first came. And for a coach to give me that much responsibility at a young age and see how far it came, you know, it means a lot. You know, I, I, it's great to see the success that he get um, coaching us. Um, and it's fun just playing with him. You know, he give us he give us the freedom to just go out there and play basketball. You know, in terms of playing basketball, you and I, I mean, every time you come on, I feel like we can do an entire interview on footwork alone because I know that's something you have put so much time into and you take so much pride in. Why is that something that you focus on as much as you do? And then how big of a difference does that make in your game? 
Um, I definitely focus on it, you know, because understanding how to be able to get your shots off, different angles, um, understanding how to get guys in the air, um, find a space you need to find to get get to the basket. Um, so many, so many options come when you have that 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 footwork in your in your package, and you know, it's something I always study. I remember Kobe said something a long time ago where he studied soccer players' um, footwork. You know, and try to apply that to basketball as well, and you know it makes sense. You know, soccer players got some of the best footwork, and if you apply that out there on the court, it make your game so much easier. Right, so, final thought. I mean, if you're putting that much time into the smallest things, I'm not saying footwork is a small thing, but you're obviously paying such close attention to details. You start to shoot the three ball so much better. I mean, it would have been so easy for you having the career you're having to say, I'm an all-star year in and year out. I've got the gold medals. What I'm doing is working just fine. I don't need to put in the extra time, and I don't need to change. But that has not been your approach. Why not? Um, you only get a certain amount of time to play this game. and You want to be able to maximize every skill you can. You know, there's so many things that you, you're going to be able to get better at. But it's only so long you can play this game. And, you know, as long as my legs are working, I'm going to figure out some way, somehow, to continue to get better. It is so good to have you here. What is up? Welcome to the program. Remember, we are simulcast. Let's be real. The most anticipated game of the weekend was Buffalo at Jacksonville. Picked off by Jalen Ramsey. Hey, Bills fan, it was great. It was great to see you back in the playoffs, finally. But you can't say that you got jammed because you didn't. And you can't say that you didn't have your chances because you did. The girl got upgraded to the tear suites, okay? I was sipping on champagne, eating crab legs, oysters, rubbing elbows with Josh Hoobie and David Garrard. Andy Stables joining us. I discovered there are places that will sell you a cup of raw cookie batter. Just buy the scoop. So a scoop. Peppermint, you get salted caramel, you can get sugar cookie, chocolate chip. This is life-changing. E- you now they call it eye candy. Well, I've been watching this show on my lunch break every day. It's more like eye vegetables. Whenever the XR4TI is shown, <laughs> that is going to ice it for the Tennessee Titans. Blow up the Chiefs. Seriously, take all the C4 on the planet, pack it into Arrowhead, and then raffle off the opportunity to push the button. You can't lose that game. You can't lose that game. He's a loser. Here's Newton, and he's going to be tackled and sacked. Ian Rapport joining us. When you saw him take that shot late yesterday's game and then get up and try and get off the field and then fall to the turf. You're saying that he got poked in the eye. He basically crouched down instead of staggering down. That dude was not poked in the eye. Come on now. He got his ass folded up. When you sometimes don't want to push, man, keep pushing and keep fighting, man, because I'm riding with you, bro. Like us. Get him in open. Oh, my God. Touchdown. Alabama has won it. If this guy's doing that in his first serious action, who knows what else he's going to do in his career. He nearly cost his team the game in one moment, and he wins it in the very next. And I've never been happier in my life. I thought that old guy was going to cry. That was the most amazing thing about Tua last night. But he got Saban to let down the Saban that, act for one minute. Never. And just be a person. Never. I hadn't had a beer the whole game. I polished off six and a bottle of wine and sat on the porch until four o'clock. You know how hard it is to be a fan? Hey, loser, that's not one bad night. That's your reality. Yeah, I can't take it. I, I need psychiatric help right Midway now. through the third quarter, you're going to wrap both hands directly around your trachea and squeeze until you pass out like little bitches. Uh, but- Did you see Marcus Mariota's block? Derek Morgan joining us again. This competitor, team first guy. You see when he threw that block that basically sealed the game for us. That's a selfless play, and he's coming through big for us right now. I don't want people to think that I'm like a prude or something, so I dare I said it twice. How's that? Hey, Jim. All right, so, Avi, who do you vote for? Josh in Detroit, Parody Larry. As far as entertainment value, I would go Larry because he offers some entertainment value. Josh brings nothing. No offense, Josh. Dude, Josh and Adam must be best friends or something. Raider Nation, this is a big Deal. So don't come in here trying to tell me that Mark Davis cuts his own hair, or that they do it with a spoon, or that dude owns a Floby, or some other contraption that functions as both a hair clipper and a vacuum cleaner. Orlando Brown joins me in studio. So I was about 6'6", 450. That was height and weight. Dude, 450? 450. In middle school? Yeah, about biscuit away from probably 500, honestly. But, uh, I want to hear from somebody grilling T-bones on a Wednesday. Front yard or backyard? Are you not grilling at all? 
all, but rather smoking. The master built smoker. Alex Collins joining me. Touchdown, Cincinnati. Uh, It was hard questions because the whole time on the sideline, you know, we think the game's over. We got them all the way down to this. Fourth and 15, you know, out of all the possible outcomes, you know, the worst one is what was your heart crushing. Ricardo Allen, when you deliver a big hit, then you get a random drug test. Does it feel random to you? Oh, it feels not random at all. Just go with it. (laughs) Is this true? Are you thinking about getting Jungle Inc.? There's nothing allegedly about it. It's happening. The problem is I don't know exactly what to get. I think John in San Diego ought to just get a few words. I see cat, mate. We see cat, mate. anyone in this joint wear any underpants? What's happened? What's happened is I can't play things like that on the show anymore. <laughs> you put your hot sauce in my bag. Hey, Our first ever satellite guest on our TV simulcast. Terrell, appreciate you oh, as always. One. This is Todd Gurley, the one that we know we, and we've seen two years ago. This year, I'm sure he's going to be the, the MVP of the year. He should be. His numbers speak to that. CJ McCollum, you're a Cleveland Browns fan. I know that in my heart, deep down, we will make the playoffs before I die. How do you know that? Because the football gods will not allow me to go through life without seeing my brown in the playoffs in my adulthood. And I would bring a large jar of Vaseline. I'm a nice guy. Please be gentle. <laughs> to you clones, it's a very literal textbook, on the nose, bohica blast. Come to life. Don't do it, Alvin. I'm a little disappointed that I didn't get to hear all of the blue suede shoes by Parody Larry. Don't drink that to your blue beer. I'm gonna get a picture of my cat's face tattooed on tomorrow. Did you just say you're gonna get your cat's face inked on you? What? When cats look at us, do they think that we're just big cats? People that think LeBron James sucks. Wow! What's corny? Rome gets a burrito, we all get burritos. Chew it! Never been happier in my life. No worries, man. I appreciate you. Back row. Keith, Austin looking all robotic. Meet me at the Golden Corral. Aguayo. It's in their face. I remember your show, man, when I was a kid. Syrup sandwiches. Riffy, Riffy, Riffy. My cat loves Rome. Good night now! There you go, clones. Get ready for a big weekend of football. Then I'll be right back here on Monday, and we'll run it back. I'll see you then. Have a great weekend. I'm out. How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired, and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it. Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive. Show up every day with Coca-Cola energy. Energy you want, taste you love.